It is Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by our friends over at Shady Rays. They'll make you look great. And when you break the pair or inevitably lose them, like I do several times a year, they'll replace them. ShadyRays.com. Code word today. Love that. That is Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan, intern Alden, along for the ride as well. So did you get a chance to watch Jimmy and Jake take over on the uh, Yes app during the Yankees 2-1 win over Oakland? I got a chance to watch some of it. Um, still had to do some fatherly duties around the house, um, but I'm proud of these guys. I think the coolest thing about the entire thing was, you know, I've talked to Jimmy about this a ton, Jimmy and Jake. Um, but they manifested this. I mean, Jimmy yep. went on uh, a show with Pennick in 2018 and said, look, we want to do an alternate broadcast. Well, here we are, you know, three years later, and they're doing it for the hometown team on the Yes Network. I mean, it's incredible. A testament to all the hard work that they do. And I mean, they're so knowledgeable about the Yankees. It's like, yeah, they're funny and we have this thing going on, but like they're also able to give very good insight because they are in tune with the Yankees. They are. And they actually have their own little sources, too. It's kind of cute. Um, that's the biggest thing I would say about this whole thing is that if you want to dream, dream big. I mean, they are example A. It doesn't mean that everybody. What are you doing? Michelle is crawling on her hands and knees because she didn't want to get in the shot. Michelle. That was great. That was, that was... I think everyone would prefer you just get in the shot. You're not in the shot right now. Well, your your shoulders in the shot down there. That's great. That was funny. Uh, anyway, what I would say is that yeah, dream big because you just never know what's going to work. You never know, and it's great. Unfortunately, I could not watch it because Brady's participating in a in a camp up here at Stanford, and our game was right during the Yankees A's game, so I was kind of in tune with my son's game instead of that. But I I'll be excited to talk to Jimmy and Jake to see how they felt it went because it's different than doing a podcast for an hour. Covering an entire game is difficult. It is challenging. I've called probably 20 games in my life. I know, Michelle, is. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> You're completely in the shot, Michelle, just so you know. You, you can just stand up. <laughs> you can just stand up now. There's no <laughs> She's like doing the army crawl right now. Oh, man. This is unbelievable. So it's very different than doing a three-hour game. I'll be anxious to talk to them about it. Can we start? Yeah, they they had some guests on, and it is you know difficult to talk about a game like that for for three hours, kind of unstructured, if you will. But look, this is I like. I think everyone always is like, oh, these just are these are regular guys doing this thing. It's like well, they're very talented, and yes, they're a lot of work. So it's like they're not regular dudes anymore. Like, nope. we've put the hours like in front of the camera to learn how to speak and. You know, like I said, they're very in tune with what's actually happening with the Yankees. And like you said, they are behind the scenes, everything. So um, dream big, but also work hard. Yep. That's it. Let's get to it. Astros go for the mini sweep of the New York Mets this afternoon out in Queens. Uh, they actually would improve to 4-0 and basically over the last week against uh, this team from New York. So are you more confident that A, the Mets will win the National League East or B, the Astros will, will win the AL West by at least 15 games. They are currently up 10. <laughs> I, let, me, let me just, before I answer this question, because you know this question's got me all bothered. Yeah. I took an IQ test yesterday online, okay? Mm. 
Mm. I scored 126. I didn't know what that meant. So then I went and looked. It's pretty, pretty good. good. It's pretty good. Means like I'm above average intelligence. Yes. I can't figure questions like this out, Chris Rose. This are you like 140 IQ or are you like 40 IQ? Because I think that's no, my the whole goal of these questions okay. is to piss you off to no end. <laughs> what 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 can I peg the the ploof pissometer at? You got me on this one. You got me big time on this one. I do have an answer though. Yeah. As of right now, I'm not so sure that the Mets are going to win the NL East. I know. Okay. I know. I'm not sure the Astros are going to win the the division by 15 games, but I think I'm more sure of that because who's behind them right now, the way these teams are playing behind them, I think they could just go on a run that they're that good of a team. So I'm going to answer your question. I think I have more confidence that the Astros will win the West by 15 games than the Mets to continue to lead the NL East. The Braves are coming. The Braves are coming. I know they are. What is it for right now? So here's the thing. When I wrote the question, I had to try and come up with the right number for the Astros. Because I looked at it, I said 10. Well, there's no, they're not going to get to 20, even though they won it by 21 a few years ago. So I said, 15, is that too low? Is that too low? Because, like, who's the, right now, it's so much. It is, but who's the next best team right now in the AL West? I know standings wise, it's Texas. Do we really believe that they're the second best team in the division? No, I don't. I don't. But I couldn't even tell you who the second best team in the division is. Isn't that I want that, it to be the I want it to be the Mariners. Then I also want it to be the Angels for obvious reasons, but like it just it just hasn't happened. Right. So now all of a sudden the Rangers, who were kind of poofy at the beginning of the year, they've played better baseball. Marcus Simeon has played well over the last three to four weeks. And all of a sudden you look at that team, you're like, well, in that division, they could stockpile a ton of wins. So I think 15 is a good number. I was happy with myself on that one. I will go Astros by this much because I, I think the Braves are winning the division. But at the beginning of the year, I told you this. I think I had the Braves winning the division, but I had the Mets representing the National League in the World Series. You did. And I still believe that can happen. I, oh, that definitely can happen. And this is more of like us up or talking up the Astros and yes. what they've been able to do. I mean, look at a guy like Framberg. Okay, he's making three million bucks this year. He's pitching like an ace. Hopefully, he's on his way to an all-star game. They still have all the other guys in the rotation. But Framber, Chris, I think has had 12 quality starts yeah, in a row. Great. That curveball's nasty, bro. He just knows how to pitch. He's he's like one of my favorite pitchers to watch in the game right now. Like I said, he's making three million bucks. This is what the Astros do well. They have pieces come up through their organization. You know, yeah, they can pay some guys, but they also have those guys making, um, you know, like Framber. Some are making league minimum, some are making three million bucks. That allows them the room to go make moves that they need to make. And like, uh-huh. I know they're good right now. I mean, they're great right now. They're one of the elite teams in baseball, but they can still improve their team, and they have the room to do that because of guys like Framber. The Astros, I'm just kind of all in on right now. They've been playing so well. So, you know, the Mets, you can, they could still win the division. I'm, but I'm just very confident that the Astros are by far the best team in the West. All right. Freddie Freeman uh, said this before the Dodgers took one on the chin out in Colorado again yesterday, reportedly firing his agency, but issued another statement. Uh, he said there needs to be closure. It's time. I'm a Dodger. I'm a Dodger for the next six years. That's where my focus lies. I'm going to continue and help win titles for the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
Did Freddie need to say this? And if so, do you believe him? I think actions speak louder than words. I'm, I'm glad he came out and said this, because if you are a Dodger fan, like, you know, you understand there are emotions in, in, in these decisions. Okay. And like, this is not, this wasn't easy for Freddie during the off season, you know, like he's trying to figure out where he wants to put his family for the next, you know, almost decade. Okay. Like that's not an easy decision, especially when you, you put roots down in Atlanta, you're thinking about, well, wouldn't it be nice to go play, you know, where I grew up? There's lots of things that go into these decisions. So like, you can't just sit here and say, oh, well, you screwed up, Freddie, like deal with it. Like it's, it's just, he's a human, you know, like, and he's clearly like an emotional human. Uh, but I can, like I said, I can see if you're a Dodger fan, like, hey man, like we signed you, we paid you the money. You need to come be all in here. Like we, like he, you had your Atlanta moment now, like let's, let's stop it. Let's come be a Dodger. And that's it. Braves, the Braves are done. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy he said, it. I don't know if he needed to say it, but I'm happy that he said it because, you know, when Kershaw comes out and says some stuff like that in the, I think that carried a lot of weight, you know, yeah. I kind of brushed it off the other day, but I started to think about it more and more after the show, like Kershaw's coming out and saying that, and obviously he epitomizes what it means to be a Dodger. You know, they're kind of like the same, like Freddie with the Braves and Kershaw with the Dodgers. I just think that Freddie saw that and was like, you know what? You're right. I need to be all in here. Like my focus is here. This is my job. I'm a professional and the Dodge and Dodger fans, you're going to get a professional Freddie Freeman. Um, but I'm happy that he said it. I don't think he needed to, but it's all going to be okay. I think this is going to be something we look back and like, oh, remember that? Like Freddie was kind of emotional, uh-huh. but he's a Dodger. Yeah, I, I, I'm happy he did it. I thought the Kershaw quote was pretty telling. And according to the column I read yesterday, he and Kershaw talked it out. I think it was important yeah. that they did that because you don't want something like that to fester. You don't want guys... The, I don't ever care what the fans think about you. I don't ever care what the media thinks about you. I don't even really care what the front office thinks about you. I care about what the other 25 guys in the clubhouse think about you. At the end of the day, that's all that matters to me. Like if I'm a fan of a certain team, I don't want guys pulling the wrong direction. And I think it's important what Clayton Kershaw did. I think that's part of being a leader. Sometimes going out and having to be the, the bad guy. Although I don't think it was a bad thing that Clayton Kershaw said at all, but I think it was risky. I think it was risky putting it out there because any sort of media outlet could have taken it any direction. And I think Freddie has kind of put a period on this. Has there been more legs to the Freddie Freeman Atlanta story or the Jock Peterson, Tommy fam fantasy football story, which ones had more legs? They're both, both of them. And this, this, I think this brawl story is going to be in there too. Like these yeah. are the three top stories of the year. And right. I think Kershaw probably like regrets saying that to the media. I probably wish he would have said it behind closed doors to Freddie, maybe right away. And maybe he has, maybe they've talked about it already. I don't know. Um, I don't think this was like a situation where like all this Dodgers, his Dodger teammates were like, come on, Freddie, like you're a Dodger now. Um, but I think the situation the Dodgers are in, I understand like they're still playing well, but Bueller's gone. Betts is gone. Like they need Freddie to like be all in right now because Dave Roberts promised a championship. And that really is it's, it's world series championship or bust with an organization like the Dodgers. And, you know, I think Kershaw realizes how hard it is to do that. Freddie's fresh off his, you know? So I think Kershaw's like, Hey, let's focus on the task at hand here a little bit. It's nice that they're moving on as shall we. 
Mm-hmm. Vlad with a walk-off, capping a two-run ninth uh, against Hansel Robles. Boston's closer, Tanner Hawk, not available because he doesn't have the COVID vaccine. And you're not allowed into Canada uh, if you don't. So if you're a Sox player, are you a little pissed about the circumstances or do you just say, nah, that's the way it rolls? I think if I was on the Sox team, I I would go with the latter. That's we knew this was going to happen. Like we understood like what the mandate is in Canada. We un- I think everybody's kind of been forthright with like, are they vaxxed or not? So they under they like knew this day was coming. Uh, during the regular season, it bites you and it stings a little bit. Um, I think really when we're going to focus on this is postseason because if the season ended today the Red Sox will be playing the Blue Jays in Toronto. Oh, my God. So that's when we really need to have a discussion about this. Tanner Houck, it's his decision to make. He made the decision. It's the Red Sox job to kind of operate, understanding that this is going on. You know, you could point to Cora, you know, leaving Danish in and not giving Robles a clean inning. It's not like Vlad crushed that ball, you know, kind of it could have went two feet to the right and it would have been an out. So you know, I'm not going to blame Hulk for this. Obviously, you want your closer there. Um, I just think that we're talking about it now, but we're really, really going to be talking about it for any of these teams that go to Canada. Hulk's not the only person that hasn't been able to play in Canada. Like, there's on every team, there's a couple of different guys. So, uh, when the playoffs come, I mean, this is a huge advantage to the Blue Jays, right? Well, like, it could be. It, it, it could be. be depending on who they play like this. I think Ben will really get into the nitty gritty and be like, okay, now what? So this isn't a discussion about whether it's right to get vaccinated or not. Right. We all have our personal preference with that. Right. But don't sit here and bitch about the rules in Canada. Don't sit there and say, oh, well, this isn't fair because it is, you know, the rules. Mm-hmm. And so you make decisions based on the rules. Don't sit there and complain about them because that's what they're for. And Alex core was pissed off last night. Did you read his post game quote? I listened to him. He was not happy. He, I mean, he didn't want to answer the questions. He was kind of, right. yeah, but he was, his, his demeanor was angry. We go with the 26 that are here. We tried to get 27 outs and we couldn't do it. He's basically going, listen, dude, Whatever. You don't want to go take a vaccine. Go, don't take a vaccine. But based on what you probably put in your body to get to this level at some point over the years, come on, man. Be available for us. That's the way I read it. I could be wrong. But, man, it, it was frustrating for him not to be able to turn his best reliever on a team where the relief core has cost them several games this year. Robles has blown five of his last seven save attempts. Yeah. So that's not the guy he wanted to turn to, but his hands were tied. Basically, yes. And if there's one team that should understand the importance of winning every game you can, it's the Boston Red Sox because it went down to the last day of the season a year ago for them to edge out the Toronto Blue Jays to get in. I think when you're on a team, you don't think in one person, especially in baseball, one person makes a difference. You know, obviously there's situations where you need your closer and you've been pitching well, and that would be nice to have them. But I think the sentiment on the team probably is like, we're good enough 
You know, if we're down, like, what if he was just down for a day because he pitched two days in a row? Like, we're good enough to win without. I know. Him. Like, that's the that's the way that you have to approach it as a player. Is it in the back of your mind, like, fuck, like we really wish we would have had this guy on the mound, hundred percent. And if it does come down to one game or a half game at the end of the season, you know how big yeah, that story is going to be. Do you know how be big that story is going to be? It's already. It's like we're treating it a little differently than the Boston media is treated. It. Yes. Boston media is not happy about this. Right. And I'm not even going to talk about the one guy. I don't even like that guy who's really going off about it. But um, I, again, yeah, we'll revisit this in, in the postseason. Right. Yep. Like and I it's say. not just the Red Sox and not just Tanner Houck. Like there are, every team has had guys. I don't know about every team, had, but most teams. The Twins had a handful of guys. We yeah. talked about it, right? Kepler yeah. and Pagan being the, the main guys. Dybul, I think, also missed. They ended up winning the series up in Toronto at a time where they were struggling, and Kepler had come out and said, yeah, I really wish I could be with my guys. I went, well, you could be. It's your decision not. Once again, your decision is your decision, but there are repercussions for every decision we make. So at the end of the day, you got to if you're good enough with living with them and looking at the other guys in the clubhouse in the face, then that's fine. Yeah. That's how it goes. That is. Let's talk about something good. Even though they lost last night, the Baltimore Orioles have secured a winning June. Why is that important? It is their first winning month since August of 2017. How close are the Baltimore Orioles to being part of the discussion in the American League East? Oh, man. They're, they're going to be part of the discussion soon. A lot of their top prospects are in their upper, upper levels of the minor league system. You know, you have the shortstop is who I love, Gunnar Henderson, Alabama boy, who, by the way, it's his birthday today. Oh, so shout him birthday. out. 21 years old. Chris Rose going to Venmo you. Go buy yourself a Modelo. Tell him I need a sponsorship. Uh, but yeah, it's coming. Ah. I don't know when they're going to be you know, up there to try to compete for the top of the AL East. We got some damn good teams in this division. But what about, what about the guy, the teams that are competing for wild cards right now? I'm not talking about chasing down the, they're close. They're close. I, okay. I would say, look, you got this year where, you know, some of the guys are coming up and, you know, you got uh Rushman getting his feet wet and, you know, you're going to have some more of these guys as the season progresses, maybe like a DL hall, though he's kind of been struggling in AAA. You're going to get these guys up, get their feet wet. And then I, I believe like next year will be, you know, another chance for them to get, you know, the feeling down and, and the, you know, just what it takes to be a big leader. It's just different. Okay. So maybe we're looking 2024, if they go out and are aggressive in some free agency uh, as well, then yeah, then you're going to be in the discussion for a wild card. And, you know, I don't know what the AL East will look like in two years, but um, there's still a little bit of ways away. We, we know this, like you can, you can count on some prospects to come up and give you some life. They're not going to change your franchise right away. Like they need some time. Look at the tigers. What's going on with them? Like that you just need some time. So I'm going to say 2024 is like the earliest they were talking about a wild card chasing Orioles team. I'm ecstatic for them that they're playing better baseball. Like that's got to feel good for Hyde. Who's been there just struggling. Like I can't even imagine showing up to the park knowing like we don't have the roster to compete. Right. Like, that sucks, man. You show up to the field. I mean, I've been on a few teams that are like that. It's disheartening. You know that other team is better than you. And, dude, and like, you try to convince yourself that they're not. And like, you know, you get all hyped up. Like, you know, it's baseball. Anything can happen. But over 162, <laughs> the better teams are going to win, dude, no matter what. So how about when you get years. to July 1st 
And you're like, oh my God, we have three more months of this. Yes. And you're 15, 20 games back. I've been there. It's not yeah. fun, dude. Well, so some good things for them. Uh, Austin Hayes has been phenomenal sure. this year. He has been great. I think Mount Castle has followed up a really nice rookie campaign and has done some good things. Santander, Mancini, it makes it a credible lineup. And they, you know, Cedric Mullins hasn't even played very well this year, but it's a good, solid lineup. It's interesting because I think that Rugnet Odor is the only major league free agent contract they gave in the offseason. And that was disheartening to me. So if I'm an Orioles fan, I say, yes, we've got a lot coming. And Rutschman is obviously the linchpin of, of the young group. But they have to spend wisely on free agents, on veteran help starting next year. Trey Mancini probably won't be with the team. In fact, I expect a couple of these guys to be moved anyway. And I wouldn't be against it. I just wouldn't be. Um, if they feel like they could get something that can really help them somewhere down the line. But they have got to be a player in free agency and making good, sound decisions there. Because it, they can't just rely on a crop of young guys to all grow up and say, we're here. Exactly. Let's go compete in the American League East. Sounds cute. That's not <laughs> yeah, going to work. Good luck. Good yeah. luck with that. I agree. And it's, 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 it's you know, when you're in this position where, yeah, you are counting on young guys, you want to sprinkle in the right veterans. You can't, uh -huh. you know, as a franchise, you can't just go out and get the big boys because, right. you know, are, are these guys ready? Can they supplement, you know, these free agency pieces and, and, and then gel together and make a winning team? You have to be smart with it. Usually you'd like to go get a, you like to go out in free agency and sign guys for four or five years, or you maybe trade for someone that has a couple of years of control because you want to have that window. You're trying to build the window now. They don't have a window right now. No. It's they in plans. We're submitting the plans to the city. Like they need to build the window. And yes, that means to build it, you got to have the guys come up. You got to go out, make some trades, sign some minor league free agents that work out. And then you tap into that free agent class. And it all has to come together, especially in the AL East. If you want to compete, and the extra wild card spot, I guess, helps them out. Maybe brings the timeline up a little bit, but we're still a couple years away for the Orioles. Yeah. They have, forget about a window. They haven't even had a peephole. In Baltimore mm. last few years. By the way, remember, see the thing is, I remember the Orioles, and when I played, they were good and like competitive. Yeah, and Show Walter was there for with about Adam 15 Jones. Years and... before that, they were trash too. I know they really had a little little run they had, there. Yeah, they had a little bit of a blip uh, when Buck was there. So, by the way, since August of 2017, this is their first winning month. Which team do you think has had the most winning months? August 2017. Since August of 2017. Hmm. Let me guess. Dodgers. No. The Houston Astros. I was going to say the Astros. Dang it. 23 winning months since the Orioles had a last winning month. Is that amazing? 23 it's... of them. Wow. They don't have windows there either. Ha. The whole house is open, baby. Yes, it is. Open air. Uh, Adam Wainwright, I love what he does. He does the day after pitching old man walks. He talked about that on the Rose rotation. Well, yesterday he took it around his home stadium there in St. Louis, took a picture of an autographed baseball that he said he was going to leave as a little scavenger hunt, which I loved. I loved that idea. I thought that was great. Uh, who gave you your first autograph that you remember? 
couple different ones that I remember. Dusty Baker, I told you, used to go to the doctor's office that my mom worked at. So I got a Dusty Baker auto when I was did really Did he sign young. it John or did he sign it Dusty? I don't remember. I have no idea. I don't know where the ball is. I was Perfect. literally three or four years old. But um, I remember having the ball as a child. Um, Good. And then I believe Travis Lee was my first like in-person autograph. Really? Yeah. The old first baseman? Yes, the old first baseman, Travis Uh, Lee. Okay. Um, And that was special to me, man. We used to go to Northridge Little League, and there was another guy, and now I'm forgetting his name, and he would hit there. Big dude, big forearm. Brad Fulmer? Oh, Brad Fulmer, yeah. Do you remember Brad Fulmer? Yeah, so I got his autograph too. Yeah. Yeah. So those are like my first, you know. They're all special. Do you remember those days? So what about you? So the one I remember the most, we're at dinner and my ex-brother-in-law is like, oh my God, that's Joe DiMaggio over there. He went and got an autograph. Wow. It's a paper. I was like, that's not bad. And of what course, restaurant I, were you at a hoity-toity restaurant? Huh? Yeah, Joe DiMaggio's not one of those, one of those yeah. snot-nosed East Side Cleveland restaurants. And he was in town for something and that's sure awesome. Enough, of course, I torched the piece of paper. No idea where it ended up being. None. I love all the stories of like, you know, I'm not saying you're old, but like the older generation, like my dad would tell me like he, these baseball cards and he'd put thumbtacks and put them on the wall or put them in his bike spokes. And it's like, yeah. you know, those cards now be worth hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands of dollars. Yeah. What an he idiot. Take care of anything back then. All right. What do you have coming Especially up on John the climate? Blake? What? John Boy, what what do you got? People want your autograph after starring at John Boy. Oh man. So we're recording our midweek episode today. We're doing the all JM team for June. That's always a fun discussion. So that'll come out either later today. I'm assuming it's gonna come out later today. Um, and then yeah, recap episode Friday. We have big announcements to make, like about our all-star week. I don't know if we should yeah. do that now or not, but soon that'll be coming out. Um, what about you? What do you got? Uh, Glass now appearing on the Rose Rotation tomorrow uh, gives us a little update on how he's doing. Great story on the wheel of moderately interesting things. One of the best yeah. tales. Yeah, I, I played that. Michelle, wasn't that story good? The Glass now one with the. Uh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, she liked it. So if if Michelle Rose gives it its uh, stamp of approval, it's going to be good. Still uh, plenty of time to go consume the Matzik Tomlin interview, which is stories for days so good good stuff a lot of fun ask michelle if she likes me or tyra glass no better Ooh, well but she hasn't met glass yeah but he's so good looking that that gives him some points honey ploof wants to know if he's better looking than tyler glass i didn't ask that yeah that's not ploof is that's not fair to me that's not fair to me it's not what that's not fair to me i meant overall bro not just looks i can't compete with tyler glass now and looks you can't compete with he says he can't compete with Tyler Glass now and looks. He can. My personality though is legit. What, what about his does his personality add something to it? Oh, they both have great personalities. What about your husband? Shit, where does he fit in this whole thing? Third. Talking even behind Dan. Players. I played. I hit three. Oh my God. She just said I'm an apples to oranges guy. You're, you're different. I'm different. <laughs> They're two apples and I'm an orange. All right, I've had enough. You're like of this a grapefruit. Discussion. 
I'm like a grapefruit. I hate grapefruit. Can't stand <laughs> it. My dad used to love it. God bless Nordy Rose. All right. Um, that'll do it for now. For our outstanding producer, Dan Rourke, our summer intern, Alden Stone. That is T. Ploof. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday on Baseball Today.